Good morning again. You know, I'm just thinking about that little girl. She's after my job. <laughs> we are in week three of our series, Full of Faith, and we're going to be spending all fall uh, just talking about the subject of faith. This is a big subject in the scripture. Um, back in our legacy series, I know I did, I did one uh, message about faith, and as I was thinking about this message is not enough, and so we're actually going to be spending all fall, and we're week three today, and we see um, in the Old and New Testament these stories of faith, men and women putting their trust in God for their lives and for every detail of their lives. And so we're just going to be spending time understanding what is faith because we see in the scripture, scripture tells us to walk by faith, that we should live by faith, that it's impossible to please God without faith, that we're saved by grace through faith. So there's all these different elements of faith that we need to understand so that we can walk in these things today. So um, we're going to be spending, talking about a lot of principles this morning. So if you are taking notes, it's a good day to take notes. If you've never taken notes, you know, get out your phone, maybe take some notes and just see some principles as to what faith is. Because we want these attitudes of faith to characterize our whole life. What does it look like? How does it act? Now, when we think about faith, faith can be just used um, sort of as a noun, um, as, as we have said, well, what faith are you? People, somebody might ask you and they might need, need different religions, Christianity or Islam or Buddha and all these different things. What faith are you? But when we think about following Jesus, we're not, we don't want to be nominal in our faith. In other words, just sort of something that we just do on Sunday, that we are supposed to be putting our trust in Jesus as we were singing about for every moment in our lives. So we want to be actively trusting God for his will to come to pass in our lives, to experience what he has for us. My personal faith in God, that I would be trusting in him. And because we have faith in God, it should condition all that we do. The attitudes that we have, the actions that we take, how we respond to things, how we react to things. Because we have faith in God, it should condition all of those things. Acts chapter six, our jumping off scripture for this series Verse 8 says, And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and signs among the people. And there arose from what is called the synagogue of the freedmen, Cyrenians, Alexandrians, and those of Cilicia and Asia, disputing with Stephen, and they were not able to resist the wisdom and the spirit by which he spoke. So we see a couple different things about Stephen, who the scripture describes as full of faith, that the power of God was active in his life. He saw great miracles take place. And then at the end of the paragraph that we read, he spoke with wisdom. So full of faith will have these different um, changes in our lives show up. That I'm trusting in God for his power. And then I will also be wise. Not either or, but both and. Now when we think about Stephen um, and understanding about faith, when we have faith, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have any problems in our lives. We know that from the very next chapter, Stephen was actually martyred. Uh, proclaiming the gospel, preached a really great message, and then somebody liked it and somebody hated what he said. So they actually killed him right after that. So it's not that we're not going to have issues or difficulties. We are living in a broken world. So we're going to face things in our lives. Um, and then our faith will help us to face those things. So week one, we talked about a faithful God. The reason that our faith is powerful is because of the object of our faith. Not faith alone, but faith in a powerful God. That's why faith is strong and so important because we put our faith in the faithful, trustworthy God. People can be living their lives in, in faith and just a bunch of ideas and a bunch of things and a bunch of people, 
but we don't wanna live in just according to those things because secularism has a lot of things for us to put our faith into, a lot of ideas. Here's how we should live our lives. Here's what we should do. But we're not supposed to be living according to the patterns of this world. We should be living according to our faith in God. And then last week as we celebrated water baptism, we talked about faith that transforms. So as we put our faith in God, he will change us and transform us. You know, when we think about um, transformation, we would always say that God loves us too much to let us stay the same. And then we would say maybe something like this, you know, you don't have to make any changes in your life right now to say yes to Jesus. But when you say yes to Jesus, he changes everything. Faith transforms our lives. Now, today we're going to be talking about the spirit of faith. Um, one, one minister I heard one time, he said, you know, the principles of faith can be taught, but the spirit of faith must be caught, an attitude that just indwells us, that we have faith in God. And again, it would condition all of our attitudes and our actions and our responses. Now, when we think about the spirit of faith or the spirit of anything that we would do, as I was uh, trying to think about how to communicate this, and you know, I, I've done it using my girls sometimes, but I was thinking about, um, does anyone ever go through the drive-thru, whether it's you know, Tim's or Starbucks or whatever? Now, there's, there's different levels of people who work at the drive-thru window, right? There's some people that are into it. They are smiling. They are happy to see you. They're giving you extra napkins. They're making sure your drink doesn't drop on the ground. And then there's other people that don't have the spirit of the drive-through window. <laughs> the spirit of the drive-through window is that you would get your food and your, your drinks and your coffee, but you would get it with some sort of enjoyment. They would be glad to see you, even though that you know they're putting on and they're just doing their training. I, I had a, a, a negative experience through a drive-thru a little while ago, um, and this girl was just mad at me that she had a job. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm disrupting you. This is, act, this, is the per, this is why you're here to give me the food. And I know it might be hard to hear with the window and all of that. And, you know, she couldn't hear what I said. And then she like looked at me angrily and she said, what? I'm like, whoa, <laughs> just wanting my coffee and maybe a napkin. Didn't have the spirit of the drive through window. <laughs> Service decorum. And it's the same way with our faith that we could just have a bunch of principles because we're gonna talk a lot about principles of faith. But it needs to be the essence of our heart that we always respond with faith in God. And because we have our faith in God, it actually changes how we live our lives. It changes how we respond, how our reactions are conditioned because I have faith. So we're going to try to discover some things here about the spirit of faith today. We're going to look at uh, Moses, and then we're going to look at the Apostle Paul. We're just going to read some stories, and then in these stories, we're going to discover just a bunch of, of principles about the spirit of faith. Now, when we think about faith, again, as we were talking there about Stephen, the activity of the power of God in our lives. We know that God has his saving power in our lives, and we, what we need to think about is God's saving power is that it's active in our lives every day. 
not just the day when we say yes to Jesus, that he has saved us, but then he is actively with us as it relates to what he wants for our lives. This is really important to know. Well, what do we think about the power of God? Let's read here Ephesians chapter one, contained in the prayer that Paul was praying for the church at Ephesus. Verse 19, it says, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? The immeasurable greatness of his power. And then where is it? Toward us who believe. That's faith. So as we are putting our trust in God, this, this power, this creative power that cannot be calculated, that God has created the heavens and the earth and the universe and all that is, that this power, God's power, is toward us who believe according to the working of his great might, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. That is power. God's saving power is aimed at you today. That's good news for us. Toward us who believe. So if we have this conception that God's power that's immeasurable is aimed in our direction, it should change how we think about life. It should change how we respond, that we could catch the spirit of faith. So we're going to read you here um, as we're going to go to the, the Red Sea story here in a second. But in the great faith chapter, Hebrews 11, as I mentioned, we're going to be coming in and out of this chapter all series long just mentioning about Moses and all of the things that he and his parents did by faith. And we're just gonna read this and then we're gonna go into the Red Sea story. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23 says this. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents. So really this is Moses' parents' faith because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Everybody say, not afraid. Faith in God is not afraid. The scripture says that perfect love casts out all fear. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not going to have opportunities to be afraid. It doesn't mean that something is not going to present itself in our lives, whether it's a medical condition, a financial situation, the state of the world itself. All of these things could cause us just to be afraid. But here, Moses' parents... They were not afraid of the king's eating. Just not afraid. I'm just going to trust God. I know fear is presenting itself to me. And then I have a choice whether I'm going to trust God in his power or if I'm just going to be afraid. But if I know that God loves me, as the scripture says, perfect love casts out all fear. I don't have to be afraid. In life and in death. Amen? The scripture talks about death that... that uh, death is swallowed up in victory. So we don't have to be afraid to live and we don't have to be afraid to die. God has taken care of it all. So I'm not gonna live afraid. Now again, it's not just an idea. It's not just a principle. But because I put faith in God, I'm gonna choose to be a person who has the spirit of faith versus just, oh my gosh, this is this. And then what about this? And what about this? And I'm just living afraid. no. Faith is not afraid. Faith in God is not afraid. Verse 24, by faith Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Here, a bunch of principles. Refusing the designation of the world. 
This is something that we see in the life of Moses. That the world will offer you a thousand and one identities. But what is the identity that God has given to us? I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. Amen? This is the identity that God has given to us. And this is why people's identities are being challenged. Because this is a really important thing. But he refused it. I refuse the identity of the world. I'm going to choose the identity that God gives me. Principles of faith here. Verse 25, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasure of sin. Now, some people might say, you know, sin is just no fun. But then you're not doing it right. (laughs) But the scripture will tell us here and is telling us it's fleeting. What does that mean? It comes to an end. So there are some things that we can do in our lives that are sinful, that in the moment, they're enjoyable. But what is it? It's fleeting. There's no good at the end of it. And so this is why we don't choose sin. We choose the ways of God over sin. Can I get an amen? Amen. Why? Because the ways of sin, even though there's a pleasure in it for a moment, it's fleeting. In other words, it goes away. And, And you've seen stories like this people that get into like addictive things that in the moment they're like, oh, I love this and I love this and I love this substance or I love this thing. And at the end of a couple years of giving their life to that thing, they're like, "Uh, I need to go to rehab because it's fleeting. It doesn't stay forever. So we're choosing the ways of God over the ways of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasure of Egypt for he was looking to the reward. Verse 27, By faith, when he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king. Do you see it again? Faith in God is not afraid. I'm not going to be afraid of the anger of the king. For he endured. Faith endures. Faith in God endures. Seeing him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch him. And then finally this, what we're going to look at here in a second. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. So we're going to look at the story here of Moses. We're not going to look at the whole thing. It would take us too long. But you remember Moses, um, he grew up in Pharaoh's household. And he killed an Egyptian as he realized who he was. And then he was out in the desert. And then God called to him again to go back to Egypt to be able to set the children of Israel free. So he went back uh, to the Pharaoh and famously let my people go. You've seen the movie. And... So, and then Pharaoh didn't want to let the people go. And then there was all of these plagues. And then all of these plagues uh, represented all of the gods, small g, in Egypt. So they had gods that they worshipped. And then here the true one God was showing that he was God. And this was the point of all of these plagues. And then finally Pharaoh relented and said that he would let the children of Israel go, millions of people people who were just been slaves for them, doing free labor. And so he let them go after all of these plagues. And then as, he, as they were leaving and as they were walking towards the Red Sea, uh, Pharaoh thought to himself, where are we going to get all of our free labor from? 
And so what did they do? They, they chased after them. So we pick up the story here in Exodus 14, verse 5, says this. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed towards the people. They said to them, what is this we have done? We have let Israel go from serving us? So they made ready his chariots and took his army with them and took 600 chosen chariots with the other chariots of Egypt with officers over them all. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, as he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them. Sometimes your past will pursue you, but you have put your faith in God. Amen. So the Egyptians pursued after them and all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots with his horsemen and his army overtook them and encamped by the sea that Phithaothroth in front of Balsaphon. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them and they feared greatly. So what do we know? As we've been talking about faith, what is one of the principles of faith? That is, is not afraid. So in this moment, these slaves are not necessarily putting their trust in God. They just feared greatly. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us bringing us out of Egypt? So this group is not necessarily full of faith, right? They're just struggling. And they're like, well, we could have just died in Egypt. Instead of dying over here, we could have just died in Egypt. And they were forgetting that they were slaves in Egypt. What if we could have just died in Egypt? Why are we out here? No trust in God. It's not this, what we have said to you in Egypt. Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians, verse 12. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. Verse 13. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. The spirit of faith interrupts doubt. What about this? What are we dying? We, just, we were fine being slaves. And in the middle of all of that noise, Moses, with faith in God, he says, fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord. This needs to be our response. Because when we hear news, bad news, struggles, difficulties, a diagnosis, what's going to come? Fear is going to come. But the spirit of faith responds, I'm not going to be afraid. I'm going to put my trust in God. Fear not. Stand firm. See the salvation of the Lord today. For the Egyptians who you see today, you shall never see again. This bold statement. The Lord will fight for you, and you only, you have only to be silent. In other words, stop talking, because everything you're saying is doubt. So just, just be quiet and watch what God does. 
Verse 15, the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? And Moses was like, wait, God, I'm out here for you. And you're saying, why talk to me? Listen to what he says. Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Faith in God goes forward. Your past, world, your past will pursue you. But when we put our trust in God, I'm not going back to my past I'm going forward in God. Faith moves forward. There's some action to faith. You know, if you're, if you're trusting God for a job or a new job, you don't want to just put out your resumes and then sit on the sofa. He's like, well, I guess I'm just waiting on God. What if you did something along with your resume? This is something that I've trained my girls. Hey, don't just put out your resume. Say, when can I come in for my interview? And then after you go for your interview, get a call back in there. Just say, hey, I'm just trying to figure out my chances for this job. I'm really interested in this job. Faith moves forward. This is good advice for somebody in the room today who's looking for a job. Don't just send out your resume. Do something else. Faith goes forward. Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Listen, verse 16, lift up your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. How many of you know that holding a stick over water doesn't divide it? What else do you need in that moment? You need the power of God. But God is telling Moses what to do. Go forward, stretch out your hand. Spirit of faith has the response. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, verse 21. And the Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land and the waters were divided and all the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground. The waters being a wall to them on the right and to the left. And this is, again, this is typical of all that we face in our lives. All of us have some version of our past that we want to say goodbye to. But then our past, our habits, our choices that we made start to come after us. And then we get to start to think, oh man, I'm so familiar with this. These are the things that I did. These are the people I used to hang out with. And your past will pursue you. And what is God telling us to do? Don't be afraid. Go forward. Don't go back to a life of sin, habits that were destroying your lives. Spirit of faith has a response. God tells us, go forward. Amen. Conditions our responses. Faith in God conditions our responses. So Moses had all of this opposition. The children of Israel had all of this opposition. And in the midst of the opposition, they put their faith in God. They trusted God. And the same is true of the Apostle Paul. 
as he was planting churches and going from city to city there, we, we would always say that everywhere he went, there was revival and there was riot. People would believe the gospel and get saved and other people hated what he said. And so he was facing real life oppositions and he would go to places and they, similar to Stephen, they would throw rocks at him. They would beat him with rods. A bunch of people that you know, said that they were his friends weren't truly his friends and he faced all of this suffering and all of this struggle. And then he would plant churches and then they would go, they would get off center, they would do a bunch of th- crazy things and then false prophets would come in and one of the most problem churches uh, the Apostle Paul was a part of was the church at Corinth. And they would send him and ask him questions. And then he would respond to some of their questions. And then he would deal with different things happening, uh, different things that were happening in the churches. And, and Corinth itself, the city was just, you know, full of sin, the sexual perversion. That there was, there was temples in the city of Corinth where there would be temple prostitutes and how you would worship that god is that you would go to the temple and have sex with a temple prostitute the more things change the more things stay the same so just a really rough city for a church to be in and paul facing all of these difficulties planting churches and then all of the things that were happening to all of these churches afterwards and then paul would write back to them, I want you to have your faith in God and not in the wisdom of men. And we think about the effects of all of these things. It's not dissimilar to the effects of anything that we would face in our lives. What are the psychological effects of going through a bunch of things, the physiological effects of going through a bunch of things? The persecution that Paul felt was really real. But in the midst of all of that, let's read what Paul says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. It says this, For God who said, Let light shine out of the darkness, has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So in the midst of all of the opposition and the affliction and the difficulty that Paul was facing, he was saying, that Jesus was gonna shine in the darkness. And then he says this in verse seven, but we have this treasure in jars of clay, talking about our bodies, that they can be affected by things. In other words, it's brittle, it can be broken sometimes. To show the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Again, let's remind ourselves about the power of God. Now listen, verse eight, we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying in the body of the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. Everybody say in our bodies. That means in my life, that I would have Faith in the power of God to show up in my life. This power that we read in the book of Ephesians. Immeasurable power. Aimed toward us. Verse 11. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake. Talking about the persecution they were facing. So that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you, since we have the same spirit of faith. What does 
Paul saying? We have the same spirit of faith according to what has written, what has been written. I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and so we speak. Do you see that same spirit of faith in Moses? He believes something about the power of God. The children of Israel were afraid and they were nervous. And in the middle of that, Moses believed the word of God and he said, fear not. Go forward. We are going to see the salvation of the Lord. We believe something. And then we said something. Our believing should condition things that we say. Because we have a belief in this immeasurable power of God. It's going to change the words out of our mouth. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will raise us also with Jesus. And bring us with you into his presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase in thanksgiving to the glory of God. And we're going to go back up here to verse 8. And again, remember what Paul said, we have the same spirit of faith. We believe something, and then we said something. So it just conditions again how we respond to things. Verse 9, let's read this together. Oh, wait, verse 8, sorry. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Do you see how his faith interrupted his circumstances with words of faith? We're afflicted in every way. And the type of affliction Paul had It's so overwhelming, the stuff that he went through. I mean, you know, somebody might not like us because we're Christians at work or something, but they're not throwing rocks at us, probably. I mean, he was facing real-life persecution. Persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. God is still with me. Perplexed. In other words, I just don't understand some things. Some of the things that Paul faced, again, that he had uh, brothers and sisters in Christ who just betrayed him. So that could be confusing. He's like, I'm I'm perplexed. I don't understand some things. But not driven to despair. Do you hear the voice of the spirit of faith? Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. One translation says, knocked down, but not knocked out. Facing all of the things in life. And see, what happens to us a lot of times is we get our butt in the wrong spot. We, we say, oh, I'm going through this, but it's just not going to get any better. I'm facing all these things, but I'm not crushed. I'm facing this fear, but it's just overwhelming me. I'm facing this fear, but I do not have the spirit of fear. Power, love, and a sound mind. The voice of faith interrupts, responds, reacts 
with an awareness, a belief in, a trust in the power of God. So let's keep our butt in the right spot. So then we are going through stuff. I'm I'm not sure what to do with this situation, but I know God is going to give me the wisdom to make the right choice. I'm struggling right now in this relationship, but I know that God restores relationships. I've got this diagnosis, but I know God is a healer. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That I'm responding with the spirit of faith, that I believe something about God, but then it actually affects what I say. It's not doing this in performance for other Christians, but it's in my heart that I am just going to put my trust in God. Let's pray today. God, we love you so much. God, we thank you that you are training us in the ways of faith to put our trust in you for our today and for our our eternity and the big moments and the small moments. And God, we want to be like one of these that Paul described that has the spirit of faith, that we believe something and we say something about who you are and your power and your grace and your mercy and your wisdom and your love. God, we just love you so much today. And we just remind ourselves that your immeasurable power is aimed in our direction. So we trust you today. And we respond in faith. We train ourselves to respond in faith. We train ourselves to react in faith. Because your arm is not short. Your arm is not weak, that you are powerful. And we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. And we talked about salvation there briefly in the message. And if you are here this morning and you have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, we wanna give you an opportunity to do that. I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second and I invite you to pray along with me if you've never said yes to Jesus. The gospel, the good news is all about Jesus, what he's done, what he's accomplished for us. That he came, he lived a sinless life, died on the cross, God raised him from the dead and because all of that happened, he just offers us a relationship with himself. He offers us the gift of righteousness. Righteousness just means right standing with God. And we can't have right standing with God by pretending we are perfectly moral because we aren't. And we can't create some sort of religion and offer that to God and say, God, do you accept me now? You know, the story of the scriptures that God came down in Christ and made a way for us to have a relationship with himself. And all we have to do is say yes. So if that's you today, you've never said yes to Jesus, I invite you to pray along with me. Or maybe you're here this morning and you know, you used to be close to God. You said yes to Jesus many years ago and, and maybe you feel distant from God this morning. You know, God is not mad at you. God is inviting you close to himself again. You pray along with me as well. So church, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. Let's pray this prayer with somebody who might be praying it for the first time or rededicating their life to Christ. God, we thank you for Jesus.
We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Come on, City Church, to celebrate with those who made that decision for the first time this morning. We're so excited for you. We're so happy that you made that decision to follow Jesus. And so if that was you, or maybe you rededicated your life to him this morning, we're going to encourage you to take uh, the Connect card in the seat pocket in front of you. We would love to know about your decision. Turn that in into the info desk in the main lobby. We'll have a team there greeting you with a big smile, celebrating with you. They'd love just to give you some resources uh, for your new journey of faith. City Church, are you glad that you came to church on this beautiful fall Sunday? I think today is the first official day of fall. That's why the boots are out. All right, I just want to remind you of a couple of announcements this morning. Uh, Hey, uh, if you are interested in Alpha, that is an 11-week course that asks big questions about faith. Maybe you're new to faith. Maybe you have questions about why we believe what we believe. Uh, That's going to be a course for you. Invite your friends. There are limited spots available, so you're going to want to make sure that you reserve your spot. Some of the questions covered is, who is Jesus? why and how do I pray? How does God guide us? So if you have some of these big questions that are going unanswered, make sure you sign up for Alpha as well. Make sure you grab your groups card on your seat pocket. Uh, Take a quick look at all of the different groups available. There's more than just this that is available this season, so you can sign up for that. And last but not least, want to remind you to grab these Eden Food for Change um, bags with the current needs list on on it. You know, as you do some grocery shopping, let's pick up some uh, grocery items for our local food bank and get some donations to them in time for Thanksgiving. All right, City, I'm going to invite you to stand up as we get ready to be dismissed here. If you're hoping for someone to pray with you or for you this morning, our leadership, some of our leadership, they're making their way down to the front of the stage right now. They would be more than happy to pray for you right after service is dismissed here in a couple of moments. Come up to one of them and they would love to pray with you. All right, City, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We've loved seeing you. We invite you to join us back next week at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. Have a great week full of faith. We love you.